This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, Isaiah chapter 14, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and go there. What I'd like to do is also pray and uh, get this service started. I'd also like to pray for those um, that were affected by the hurricane recently. Um, A lot of the water is starting to recede, and so people are starting to go back into their homes And sometimes that is going to be very, very difficult on them to see what happened and what's gone through that. So really my prayer today is that we're praying for those people, we're praying God's peace and protection to remind them that things can be replaced, but people are the most important part of this. And so that God can still bless them in this area, and uh, they need prayer more than anything right now. And so we're going to pray together, and I encourage you during this week, if you would be, keep praying for them during the next month, be praying for them. We would love to do that. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We unite our faith together. And Father, we speak a blessing over Houston, over all those areas that were affected by the hurricane, all those people that are going in, Father, all down in the southeast of Texas and into Louisiana. Father, we just speak a peace over all those people. All those ones that are going back, Father, that have been displaced for certain reasons, whatever it may be, as they're making their way back to their homes, Father, whether it be this week, next week, next month, months down the road, Father, we pray a continual peace to know that the source of joy, peace, hope, guidance, all that they need is found in you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be with them. Show yourself so true to who they are and who you are in their lives. And so, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I ask that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity today, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I plan on not saying, so that you could touch hearts and lives that are in this room, specifically for this moment. And so, Lord, we thank you, we honor you, we recognize you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor's been on this series, Free Indeed, and it starts, he always starts with this scripture right here. So we're going to read this, and I'm going to hit a few points right here that I want to get to. So we're going to start Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. And it says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You've been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. Verse 13. This is where we now get to understand why he was thrown out of heaven. For you said to yourself. Well, another way of understanding is you thought this, you spoke this, You had self-talk, something that you're saying to yourself right here. Listen to what he says. I will. You know, a lot of times we use those same words, but I want you to listen to what he says. I will, and how many times he uses those same two words. I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will... Climb to the highest heavens and be like the Most High. Instead, and this is where God comes in, instead you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth, who made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? You know, as I read that, I continue to get to this statement that he says, I will. I will. And I always think about this because so many times you hear people say this statement, God's will be done. God's will be done. God's will. I pray God's will over you. 
But we learn very quickly there are two wills out there. There's my will and there's God's will. There's a decision that we have to choose to make at this point because he said to himself with the thoughts that were constantly going over his head what he was thinking, I will. Now I want you to understand this because there's more to it than just this statement. What the actual literal translation, when you see this whole, this whole thing described in a video or an image or whatever you want to see in your head as I explain this, see, he was created by God for one thing. He was the praise and worship leader of heaven. They believed that he was made, every part of his body was made of musical instruments, that he could make any sound, carry any note, do anything he wanted or needed with his voice, with his arms, with whatever it may be, and everything was to praise the Lord. See, he was created for something that was amazing. People would look at him and say, you have such an incredible gift. You are so blessed because of all that you have. And he was created for this one thing. But all of a sudden, something changed. And it's not that he started speaking bad. It's not that he got around the bad angels or he was around this or whatever it may be. It says that it started with his thoughts. Because remember what we said in Isaiah 14. It said, he said to himself, you spoke this to yourself, I will rise up. I will, I will, I will. So the visual image of this act, here's what happens. He's praising the Lord, and he's praising the Lord, and literally music is coming out of him. And it is praise unto the Lord, and he is lifting his hands, he's praising the Lord, and he said at one moment, all of a sudden, the thoughts crossed his mind that I can do this. Why does he get all the praise? I should deserve some of this. I should get this. And it says that at that moment, he reached in and he grabbed the praises that were intended for God and put them upon himself. And it said at that moment, the Lord kicked him out of heaven. Because he took what was in his head and turned it into an action. And it started with the thought process. Remember, I will ascend to the highest, that I will be over God's stars. I will do all these things. It's a statement that comes down that starts with our thoughts. We have to understand that every one of us at times use the same statement, I will do this. I will make this happen. Well, we need this, fine, I'll go get it. I will, I will, I will. And I think we get so used to that statement that we forget at times how quickly we turn to I will instead of his will. It's a choice that we have to look at and say, am I gonna be focused on me or am I gonna be focused on him? Because remember this, God can do supernatural things through you at any point if you're willing to be obedient to him. Because in his will, the supernatural becomes the natural. And I will, the supernatural is this far off idea that I'm not sure if it'll happen. See, a lot of times when we talk about prayer, and I spoke on this a few weeks ago, and pastor's been doing a series on prayer, on the foundations of faith. He's been doing all these different things. And the reason is, is that too many times we build up our faith in people instead of God. And what we do is we put more trust in what they're doing. And then we sit back, and when they mess up, we get offended by what they've done. Or people mess up in our lives when we put trust in their lives instead of putting trust in God and realizing that people are people and they're going to make mistakes. See, if I live in I will... I'm offended by everybody. But if I live in God's will, you know what? I learned to let that offense go right off. This morning I was talking with one of our guys who used to be a manager 
at one of the stores here in town, and he used to deal with Black Friday, and he was like, it turned into Red Friday because people would get bloody. It was, I've never seen rage like this. I've never done any of these things. Here it is. We're supposed to be celebrating. This is, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, the day we're supposed to be thankful. It's like we become thankful, and then all of a sudden we become rageaholics. I don't know what the difference happens there, but something would change. He said, I can remember that a guy, because he didn't get there early enough to get this stuff, he said, I'm sitting there, and I said, sir, I'm sorry, we've got this. I mean, he was apologetic, he was kind, he was doing all this stuff, and the guy comes around the counter and shoves him. He said he gets thrown up against the wall like this, and he's like 16, 17 years old, working at this store, and he gets shoved up against the wall, and the guy rears back to punch him, and another guy stops him, and he goes, thank the Lord for that other guy. And the guy said, get behind the counter, get on the other side, do those things. Well, I realized very quickly that at times we can get caught up in the emotions of I will. I will have what I want. I will have my things right now. And I realized this, if we're not careful, our thoughts and our self-talk can become so negative that it makes us become negative. I mean, every one of us get around different people in our lives that sometimes we're like, man, I, I just can't be around them. I just can't be around. They're always down. They're always negative. They're always this. They're always that. Well, understand this. The Lord didn't say to be negative. He said to be positive. He said to speak life. That your words have the power of life and death. That you can speak those things. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So if negativity lives inside of you, what's going to keep coming out of you? Negativity. But if I live in God's will, then I keep speaking life. That I keep living in the presence instead of my will, it's your will be done. Because remember how Jesus continued to speak. He said, Lord, if it please you, let this cup pass from me. But yet, not my will, but your will be done. And this is what it comes back down to. As we walk through this process, it changes everything. And it starts how we think. It starts how we focus and what we're looking at and what we're focused on in our life. If it's unto him or unto me. And this is the decision that we have. There's a gentleman, his name is Dr. James Gill. He's the only person in this world that has completed six double Ironman triathlons. I think one is amazing. This dude is not only, this is what a double is, meaning that on Saturday he competes in an Ironman triathlon, and then Sunday he wakes up and says, let's do it again. So he gets up and he does it again. I mean, to me, talk about insanity. But this is what he does. He's the only person that has completed this six times. And he said this statement, because understand this, your thoughts are taking you somewhere, and your self-talk will get you to that place, whether it be negative or positive. And he says this, I have learned to talk to myself instead of listening to myself. If I listen to myself, I hear all the negative thoughts, all the complaints, all the fears, all the doubts, and all the reasons why I shouldn't be able to finish the race, but... If I talk to myself, I can feed myself with words and encouragement that I need to finish the race. You know, I think a lot of times in life, we've got to look at how we're thinking and how we're speaking. Because when we look at this, the cross gives us a great example. We love to wear the cross. We love to look at the cross. But too many times we get focused thinking the cross is a great idea instead of the cross as a lifestyle. Remember what Jesus did, not my will, but your will be done. What did he do while he was on the cross? Father, forgive them for they... No, not what they do. He recognized that it wasn't about the act, but it was about the people and the heart behind it. 
you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 17, and we're going to learn a little bit about the purpose and the point of what it takes to have the right thought process. Because understand this, your thoughts can take you to places you never imagined, good or bad. When we talk about the Bible, it talks about amazing things. Jeremiah 29, 11, for the plans I have for you to prosper you, to give you hope in a future. Well, if we don't fall under his will, your will is going to go the other way. Luke 17, verse 1. Jesus is teaching about forgiveness and faith right here. And it says, one day Jesus said to his disciples. So he's just speaking to his disciples right here. So we've got to get a good picture of what's going on. It says, there will always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into a sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then, if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, each time turn again and ask, and ask for forgiveness, you must forgive. Verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. This is like a left field answer to me. This, this is just weird. Here he is talking about forgiveness, and then their first response is, Lord, show us how to have more faith. I'm like, no, we're focused here, and you're way over here. But I want you to think about this, because listen to what he goes on to say right here. It says, the Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron, serve me while I eat, then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he is told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Now, to me, we just covered like 18 different movies and tried to tie it into one thing. So here he is. So let's, let, let's talk about this. Let's explain this. Because when I finally stepped back and was able to see what was going on right here, I got it. So here, or, or I have an idea of it, I should say. So here's what's going on. Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? Remember, it's just them. He's not teaching to a whole crowd. He's just talking to his disciples. And he said, temptation will be out there. You will be tempted to sin in this life. But stay faithful. So I, I, I see the disciples. They're sitting here. They're looking. They're listening. And they're like, looking at each other. They're like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. We just got to stay together. We got to encourage each other. We got to do this. We can fight this. We can have enough faith. We're going to stand up to temptation. Because remember, sin is a choice. You can say yes or no. It very simply comes down to that. You have a moment where you decide. So they realize that, okay, we can do this. So then he goes on and he explains, don't cause the little ones to stumble or fall. And they're like, we got that. We're not going to do that. We're going to stay focused, making sure that we're not teaching our children to go the wrong way. We want to follow the Lord. But then he goes on and he says, if you're a believer and that person messes up, you need to forgive them. So he's like, okay, all right, so we'll forgive him. And he says, even if he does it seven times in a row, forgive him. And they're like, wait a minute, Lord. So you're telling me if John here, this, you know, Peter, he's, he's bold and loud. So he's probably like, so, so John comes up and accidentally smacks me in the head. I have to forgive him. So I forgive him. And the next moment he does it again. I forgive him again. 
And then he does it again seven different times. I'm supposed to every single time just say, John, I forgive you. And he says, yeah. And so the disciples are kind of going, this doesn't make sense. God, you're going to have to increase our faith. Because I can believe you for this, but that's a lot of faith to trust that you're actually going to do work on them when they keep messing up. That they're going to change. That you're actually going to be, so you're going to have to increase our faith. And I love what Jesus says because it's, he says, no, no, no. He said, remember this, if you even have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell a tree, this tree right here, to uproot and jump into a sea and it will obey. So it's not about faith. It's about obedience. Because what he's saying is, what did you tell the servants to go do? Go plow the field and then come in and make dinner. And when they do those things, those are things you expect to be done. See, so many times we think, God, I just need more faith. No, no, no. You don't need more faith. You need obedience. Too many times in America, we don't see consistency. We see people that are high. Oh, man, I love God. I love God. I love God. I love God. And something happens, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do these things. If you don't believe me, open up Facebook. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that were like, oh, my gosh, praise and worship was amazing at church today. What an incredible message. Pastor Matt delivered the best message in the world. You know, just kidding. So he goes on, and they say this, and then you look down a little bit longer, and what are they doing? They're cussing somebody out. This person did blankety-blankety-blankety-blankety-blankety-blankety, and you're like, oh, my gosh. They were here to here, here to here, here to here. No, be consistent. Be consistent. Because it's not about having more faith, it's about being consistent in your obedience to God. Because remember this, Jesus didn't say, it's my will, but Lord, your will be done, and he was put on a cross. It's a choice that we choose to make. You and I have a choice every single day in our life. We can choose to be obedient to our agenda or to his agenda. Because God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us in our lives. If we'll simply come back to it. Because remember this, is it my will or is it his will? Because unforgiveness is not doing what he's asked. That's doing what I want. We have to come back to, and it says, if you'll be obedient, your faith will grow. If I'll simply be obedient, my faith grows every day. Because God continues to show himself faithful to those who will simply be obedient. I can tell you time and time again, when I choose to forgive it changes everything. There's a story of a pastor who had spoke one day sharing truth from the word of God. And some people in the community did not like it. So they started to protest him. And they kept protesting and protesting. And one day he happened to be walking by these protesters. And they started getting agitated and, and irritated and all this stuff. And then finally one of them shoved him. And then another shoved him and another shoved him and another shoved him. He's trying to walk by and finally, he gets shoved and falls on the ground, and one of the guys or one of the protesters gets up and kicks him, and then another one, and another one, and he's just getting kicked and beaten. Finally, some other people come to his rescue and get him out of that area. He goes, and the media catches wind of everything that's going on. They go to interview him, and they said, why aren't you pressing charges on all of them? What they did is wrong. They shouldn't have done that. You didn't do anything wrong. Why aren't you pressing charges on this? And he said this statement. He said, I have no more right to be angry at them than I do to a blind man who steps on my foot. See, the thing about it is when Jesus hung on the cross, he recognized, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
If they did that to the Son of God, you think you're going to have people in your life that are going to probably irritate you because they don't know what they're doing? And that's a decision that we have to choose to make. See, the thing about forgiveness is it's the key that unlocks the door of resentment. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the handcuffs of hate. So many times in our lives, we get caught up in this thinking that if I hold on to this unforgiveness, it's going to make me better. Because I can hold on to it, and I can be angry, and I can be this. But understand this. One of the greatest illustrations I've ever heard in my life is this. Unforgiveness is simply me drinking poison and hoping you die. It doesn't work. Unforgiveness tears you apart more than it does anything else. I will tell you this, it's not fair what they did. It's not fair what has happened to you. I'm telling you the truth because I've had to do the exact same thing. But understand this, the more you hold on to that unforgiveness, the less you're going to be in the presence of God because that unforgiveness is going to become your God. Every time you see that person, how do you react? How does it make you feel when you hear their name? When you see them being blessed, are you blessed for them or are you angry? Remember this, you're not running their race, you're running your race. If I'll speak to myself the positive, the life-giving words of God and do and be obedient to what he's done and asked me to do, my life will forever change. And I can walk this unforgiveness out and learn to be forgiven as I've been forgiven by him. Amen? God has an incredible plan for each and every one of us. When we choose to allow forgiveness into our life, it brings hope. When hope comes in, now God has an opportunity. Because understand this, if you do not hope, you'll never find out what is beyond your hope. When forgiveness comes, hope comes right behind it. Hope brings with it dreams, passion, love, freedom, and so much more of the goodness of God. Because understand this, when you choose to make forgiving a daily process, a daily something that you do every single day, that God, I'm just going to walk in forgiveness every day because Lord, you've forgiven me of much more than what I've forgiven these people of. So Lord, I'm going to do this. The more you put it into a daily practice, the more it becomes a daily habit. The more it becomes a daily habit, the more your day changes. Your life changes and everything about it. And you learn to say, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but they did this, and they did this, and they did this. Yeah, but he did this. All of a sudden, this becomes much more of a testimony because I can learn to forgive just as he did. When I look at the cross, we have an opportunity. Luke chapter 9 is where we're going to go, just to the left. And I want you to listen. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 25, and this is talking specifically about each and every one of us because he gives us a plan. When we look at this cross... You know, it represents so much. You know, I see people that wear crosses around their necks. I see people that point up and they'll do this. And I sit back and I think, what does that mean to you? Because to me, not only does this mean life, this means freedom. This means that I don't have to be the old guy. Because remember, the old is gone and the new is here. When I learned to follow this, he said, I'll lead your life. I'll give you everything that you need. When I go back to my favorite verse, I have to simply lay it down here, which is 
Matthew 6, 33, that says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean I'm seeking revenge first and then coming to God. It means I'm seeking God first and letting the revenge go to the wayside. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all that he's done for me and all the other goodness that God has in his life can be in my life too. Listen to what it says, verses 23. It says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must. There's no question. This is a statement that he's putting out there. It says, you must give up your own way. Another way to say that is you must give up your own will. And it goes on. It says, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what you do, you benefit if you gain, what do you do if you benefit and gain the whole world, but yourself are lost and destroyed? There's a lot of times in life that we think, well, the cross isn't the answer. No, the cross is the final answer. If I will continue to come back to this and make it a daily practice, this will become a daily habit and my life will forever change. But understand this, because I understand there's a lot of hurt that is in this place, because there's a lot of hurt that's in this place. I can tell you story after story from the life that I've come from. I didn't live a perfect life. I wasn't raised in a pristine home. In fact, I was raised in two homes, because my parents divorced when I was three years old. I've told you the story before that my stepmom looked at me one day and said, the reason I'm divorcing your dad is because of you. How's a 12-year-old take that? How does a 12-year-old handle those things? I will tell you this. It's not because I found my will. It's because I found his will. It's a choice that we choose to make that I've said, God, it's more about you than it is about me. And we choose to walk this out. The cross-reference to this is Matthew chapter 10, if you want to put that up here. Matthew 10, verses 37. It says this, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. What he's saying is this. If you find more passion in serving the people around you, that they're more your God than I am, then you're not worthy because what's going to happen is you're going to be affected by them more than you're going to be affected by me. What he's saying is all these things will go on, listen to this, or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. What he's saying is this, as parents, it hurts when my child hurts. When my children get hurt, when they cry because of what's happened, you know what I do? I pick up these things called offenses. And I want to take offense and I want to smack the kid, but I, you know, we want to do some of these things because naturally that's our tendency. We pick up these offenses in our life and we're, we hold them with us because sometimes we forget they got to serve God and they've got to learn to forgive just like I have to. It's a choice that we make. Verse 38, it says, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Leave that verse up for just a little bit because I want you to think about this. You may say, I, didn't, I, don't, I, I choose to pick up my cross daily. I'm choosing to do this. Really. See, there's a difference. There's a thing that you have. So, so maybe, maybe somebody did you wrong. So you pick up this thing called an offense towards them. What you do is you carry this offense around with you. You have one hand to freely praise the Lord, but the problem is he didn't say lift up holy hand. He said lift up holy hands. If I can't lift this up because I've got my hands full of all these offenses and all these things that are gone on in my life, 
Too many times what we do is we add one offense and what's it do? It leads to another offense. And all of a sudden my hands are full. And, and now I've got this thing because this person was ugly to me too. And we walk around like this. We're carrying all these offenses around with us. And everybody that comes around with us, they're nice, they're nice, they're nice until they talk about the offense. And then what do I do? I take this thing and I smack them in the head. I get rid of them. Stay away from me. Because how can I freely love people when I'm carrying these offenses? Understand this. I have a decision to make. You may sit there and say, no, 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 no. I pick up my cross daily. Really? You really do? What about what your kids have done to you? What about what that person did to you? What about what your parents have done to you? What about what the aunts and uncles? What about these people? Oh, yeah, but no, 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 no. I'm not offended by them anymore. Really? Have you forgiven them? It goes back to the story that pastors shared over the past few weeks. That woman died because she wouldn't give up and lift her hands up and say, God, I forgive him. I understand this. Hurt can be huge to you. You don't know what they've done to me. I understand. Many of you don't know my whole story. But I will tell you this. He does. And you know what? He has been pursuing me since I was a small child, even though I didn't look to him. I tried to figure it out on my own because it was my will. The decision you have to choose is, do you pick this up or do you lay it at the feet of the cross and choose to say it's about my cross today? You've got to make a decision because understand this, this is a big cross that you have to carry. I can't just walk around and be like, hey, I'm just going to swing this around and hit people and smack them and do all these different things. they got arms on it. They've got different things. So I've got to choose. Am I going to carry my cross daily? Or am I going to pick up my offenses? Because I can't do both. I can't do both. I'm either going to pick up my offenses or I'm going to pick up my cross. Yeah, but you got one hand free. So I'm going to carry offense in this and I'm going to praise God in this. What happens when this falls over? Do you think you're going to pick up the cross or are you going to carry the offense? Too many times we have this attitude that says, yeah, but you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what I've done. Remember what the devil said. I will. It was centered on me. It's a decision that we have to choose to make. Because here's the thing. Every day, you're going to choose to pick up something. Whether that be offenses, whether that be unforgiveness, whether that be whatever it may be, or you're going to choose to pick up the cross. I heard this statement. We can turn to Matthew chapter 18, and I'm going to share this quick thought. We were talking, I was, I was talking with another pastor and he said, you know, there's a lot of times in life that people will always go back to what they've done and what they know. So I said, well, yeah, I get that. And I said, that's easy to say. Give me, a, give me an illustration. And he said, you ever play paper, rock, scissors? Well, yeah, yeah. Your kids ever play it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. That's how we decide a lot of things. What are we going to eat? I don't know. Yo, you get to decide. He said, most of the time, people will always go 
to a certain thing. Whether that be rock, whether that be paper, or whether that be scissors. They're going to tend to always go back to that one thing. And the thing is, if you study them, you're going to find what they're going to do. So if I know you're always going to go to scissors, I'm going to rock. If you're always going to go to paper, I'm going to go to scissors, whatever it may be. And the tendency is to always go back to what you know and what's comfortable. See, the thing is, when you get used to carrying a fence, it feels comfortable. Comfort is what we all seek. I think about this all the time, that so many times God is asking us to be uncomfortable, but yet we always regress back to comfort because it's easy to pick those up. You and I have to change our strategy of how we see things. Are you going to choose to always go back or are you going to choose to follow the will and the purpose that God has for your life? This is the thing that it comes back down to, Matthew 18. I love this statement because I, I just picture this in my head of what's going on here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. It says, then Peter came to him asking the Lord. So let, let's get this picture here. So here's Peter. Peter's messed up a little bit. You know, Peter, he was bold enough to walk on water, but then sank. Peter's this guy, he's like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I didn't yell at anybody lately. I haven't cut any ears off lately. I'm, I'm really a pretty good guy right now. Things are going pretty well. So, so he's kind of up there and he's talking to the Lord and, you know, it's just like kids going to their dads or whoever and they're like, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm pretty amazing. Here's what I've done lately. So here he is, he's talking to Jesus and now we understand what's going on right here, okay? So Peter's like, hey, I'm here. Here we go. So he says this, he says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone? Kind question. He, he's going, hey, this is a great question. We're doing this thing, but listen to what changed. Who sins against me? How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And then he asked seven times. Now, why would you ask that question to the Lord? Because remember, the Lord knows your heart. So what he's doing is he's wanting to say, hey, Peter, you know what? I've seen lately you have forgiven John multiple times. He beats you in races. He does these things. But you know what? You've forgiven him. You've forgiven him when he punched you in the head, even up to seven times. You are really doing well. That's what he wants to hear. But Jesus knows his heart. And he says this, no, not seven times. And you can imagine the disciples are there, everybody's there kind of looking, and he's kind of like, you know, here I am. And he's like, no, not seven times. Not really? Not seven times? And he goes on, he says this, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Wait a minute, Lord. Okay, in Luke, he wrote about this thing that said, you only said I have to forgive him seven times. That's what you said. You said it's in red letters. I have it written right here. See, the thing about this is, that scripture right there cross-references back to Luke 17, what we just read. And so here Peter is, he's talking to Jesus, and he's looking for some great approval from him, saying, you're doing a great job, I'm so proud of you. Man, you are doing amazing. You know what? I'm going to take my cloak off and give it to you. You're going to be Peter the Great, or whatever you want to call. And I think a lot of times what we do is we start to be like Peter. Oh, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. If you do the math, 70 times 7 is 490 times that you would forgive someone. So some of you may have done that math before and been like, okay, I'm going to keep track. One, okay, two, three, four, five, 488, 489. You better understand, you got one left. 
One life left. One life, and we're done. One life. And he gets to 490, and we're done. Finished. Now, I don't believe that Jesus was telling Peter to do math in his head. I don't think he was trying to tell him, hey, if you figure out this answer, this will be your answer for everything. Because simply it comes down to this. The truth is, it's not about a math problem. It's about a heart issue. See, if we keep looking at it as a math problem, eventually you will come to a solution. But the problem is, any time that you have a relationship that deals with keeping score, there will always be a loser. That's not the way God moves. It's a heart issue. Ephesians 3.20, and I'm going to read this real quick because of time's sake. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Almost there, hold on. Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at, worketh within, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. In the King James Version, it says these words. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. My wife used to write these two words on her wrist many days. In fact, it was so much that she said, I've never thought about getting a tattoo, but I might get this put on my wrist. She used to write these two words, unto him. Because there was a lot of challenging days that she dealt with. And she had to make a decision. Because if it becomes my will, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. But if I remember unto him, I keep my mind right. Every day you're going to have a decision to make. Whether you choose to be unto him or unto me. And you say, well, no, 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 it's unto my family, right, unto me and my family. No, 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 it's unto my kids, no, unto me and my kids. No, 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 it's unto my wife, oh, unto my wife and then me, right? No, I'm just kidding. But what it comes back down to is very simply is this, you have to make a decision. Are you going to choose to say unto him or is this going to be unto me? Because understand this, unto me seeks revenge. Unto me seeks to find how I can hurt you because you've hurt me. That's the way things write, eye for an eye, right? What did Jesus say? He said, if someone comes to ask you for his coat or your shirt or your hat, take off and give off even more. Because it's, remember, it's not unto me, it's unto him. And that's where Jesus is trying to get us to today. And so I'm going to ask you to do this simple thing. If you would, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Oscar, your team can make their way up here. I want to talk to you a little bit about a, a lady. Some of you may know who she is. Her name is Corey Tinboom. Corey was, as a very young child, put into a concentration camp. She would be humiliated. She would be destroyed. She would be hit, beaten, stripped down. She was humiliated for years until the war was finally over and then she was set free. The prison was released, everybody was set, the camp was destroyed. Years down the road, Corey said she was walking down the road and she looked up and she saw a man walking. Many times would just 
take a look and just keep walking right by. But all of a sudden, she looked at this man and recognized. And fear struck her. So she looked at this man, and this man looked at her. And all of a sudden, he started coming right at her. And she remembered exactly who this man is. See, this man was one of the guards that was in the concentration camp. She would humiliate her. She can remember her doing things to her and her family, friends, people she knew, daily. She remembers looking at this man, so much fear coming over, so much anger and resentment. She tried to find a place to hide, but couldn't find a place to hide. There was nowhere in this world that would hide her from what she was about to face. For the first time in her life since she'd been set free, she was now staring at a person who caused so much hurt and pain in her life. She said she watches as a man comes up and she said, he said, I've been looking for you. He said, I want to tell you a story. And she is trying to get away, any way possible to get away from this man. She ends up listening to his story and he said, I want to tell you about a man who came and shared about a man who changed my life forever. He said, I've met Jesus for the first time in my life. And he said, since that day till today, I have prayed that the Lord would give me an opportunity to speak to one of those prisoners, to be able to share my heart and ask for forgiveness. He said, I'm so sorry for everything. He said, I really was doing what I was asked and it still wasn't right. Corey Ten Boom at this moment is rationalizing in her head all the things that she could do. But all of a sudden, the peace of God came back over her. She didn't want to forgive him, but she started to remember all that Jesus had done. And at that moment, she decided, even though she didn't want to, she made the choice to be obedient and forgive. She says this statement. She says, thank you, Father. For your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. She credits that moment to the first moment she was ever set free in her life. Now many of us could look back at people in our lives and say, yeah, but they did. Yeah, but they did. Probably doesn't even compare to what she went through. She chose to forgive. Unforgiveness builds a prison only forgiveness can unlock and the prison is in your life thank you for listening today for more information please visit faithchurchlubbock.com